वेलकम टू द फर्स्ट एपिसोड ऑफ के आर ऑन कार्स आई एम सुपर पंप टू अनाउंस दैट दिस इज अ न्यू पॉडकास्ट दैट आई एम स्टार्टिंग मेनली बिकॉज आई विन इन टू कार्स आई विन एक्सट्रीमली पैशनेट अबाउट दैम फॉर ऑलमोस्ट ट्वेंटी ईयर्स नाउ ट्वेंटी वन ईयर्स नाउ मेनली बिकॉज दैट्स हाउ ओल्ड आई एम सो दिस पॉडकास्ट इज गोइंग टू कवर एवरी सिंगल डेवलपमेंट that happens related to cars that catches my eye or something that i feel is going to be super interesting and something that you should know it will be filled with car discussions it will be filled with car news it's going to be filled with where the industry is headed i'm going to be asking some really nice questions that i that i feel would really promote some good active discussion so without any further ado let's get into the very first segment and that's going to be car news so this week we've got a few pieces of news that really caught my eye the very first one being that alpina the diesel bmw tuning company sort of like the diesel m version of bmw introduced or rather announced their uh, b3 touring and it's basically a family estate or rather an m3 version of the family estate that's powered by diesel and honestly i i have always loved alpina uh, the reason being that there's just something about them that makes them so incredibly cool and desirable the thing is it's it's powered by an unconventional fuel for performance cars also diesel is a very great fuel if you're talking about torque so these cars generally are extremely torquey they're basically torque monsters also they are far more uh, you know far more economical so to say purely because uh, you've you've got this diesel which is already a more efficient fuel than petrol so you're going to get better mpg better kilometers per liter and you're going to get better tank mileage so you're going to you can basically go longer with uh, without refueling and that's something which is really good if you're going to be cruising on the autobahns or if you're going to be cruising on the highways you know and if you're going to be doing 150 mph then what better car to do that than a b3 right and i mean honestly it just looks so incredible it's got those quad exhaust pipes it's got those multi spoke wheels it's it's really a desirable car and alpina has honestly been killing it lately in my opinion and honestly i mean there, there was this sort of episode that uh, the grand tour did they compared an alpina i believe they did it with the 5 series the alpina b5 versus the bmw m5 and honestly i mean for me it it has to be the b5 purely because it's so much more of a better overall package you know getting something which is extremely comfortable and extremely fast and also pretty economical so to me alpina i love them i love what they stand for i love the concept of it i just love ex- Oh god I just love Alpina and because of that the B3 Touring gets a huge thumbs up from me so this was definitely a very good piece of news I laid my eyes on and let let me know what you think about the Alpina B3 Touring or heck let me know what you think about B3 uh, you know diesel fuel in general for these performance cars the next the next piece of news is also related to a fast Uh, a state car any guesses it's the RS7 and Audi announced the the RS7 uh a few hours back or maybe yesterday 
and it looks pretty good i'm not going to lie though i personally prefer the a6 i feel the a6 works best for you know like a more practical version of a sedan rather than an rs7 which is basically an impractical version of a practical version of a sedan so i mean i i love sorry for the cut my neighbor's dogs were barking for god knows what reason but as i was saying i really like the concept i really like the car it's just that i feel the rs6 makes a lot more sense for anyone who's looking for a practical sports car and of course the rs7 definitely a looker and is going to be stonkingly fast based on you know what we've seen in the past the rs6 rs7 both have been honestly i feel audi already always understates the power that they produce because we've we've seen these cars smoking some really really expensive and high performing cars so <clears throat> we might we might just see the rs7 uh, you know running running rings around the r8 even so th- they're just that fast and i mean it's it's interesting the first piece of news that we talked about was also a fast practical car and this piece of news also a fast practical car but they are so different right one is a diesel the other one is a petrol of course different car companies the way they develop the power is so much different and there there's just honestly so many differences yet they are so alike and i i can totally see someone who wants a fast sedan thinking about you know uh being torn between these two cars i mean they they sound so different yet they honestly they appeal to a similar crowd if you're if you just want to go fast if you're not going to be doing track runs and let's be honest if you want to do track runs why would you get a car like this if you if you just want to tour then both of these cars make a lot of sense and you know especially when you consider how economical the ba the b3 is going to be especially when you consider that you know it's it's just going to be cheaper to run and probably maintain that's when you you realize that the b3 makes even more sense after you just look at the rs7 and of course it's going to be very different the rs7 is probably going to be tuned to within an inch of its life so that it can you know just absolutely annihilate even hypercars but then think about this for an average buyer does it even matter like does does it matter if you're getting uh, let's say 600 and 600 horses or 550 horses versus getting 700 horses i mean it's it's going to be that much quicker from stoplight to stoplight it's you're going to smoke let's say two more boy racers in their fancy cars but then ultimately does it even matter i mean it's just that the tuning and the modding culture has become like hey look at my car it can go this fast but it probably never will go that fast if you're a law abiding citizen so again without depre- uh, without digressing uh, these these two cars look really really interesting and I-, i just hope that we get them here in india because we never get uh the alpina series in india in fact i believe the alpina series is especially uh very sort of exclusive and very limited in terms of the distribution 
so i really doubt whether we'll see it here honestly i, I don't think we'll see it in many places except for the us or and the uk maybe but one can always hope right and the next the next piece of information is the toyota supra the new one so which some people call the fake supra because it is not a supra it's basically a z4 that's been rebadged not necessarily a bad thing but when you've got so such big boots to fill it can become a challenge right imagine the previous gen supra the the mark 4 i believe was such an iconic car and it's 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 imagine that any car is going to face so many difficulties when you've got to sort of be even better than that because that was an icon from a stock car point of view people loved how it looked it was so tunable it was so modable and so customizable it is still one of the most sought after cars ever and honestly i feel that the new supra hasn't been able to live up to that purely because it's not exactly well priced it starts at $50000 so it's not exactly light on the pocket and when stock it is not that fast either i think it's 350 uh 350 horses under the hood and it's it's just not as iconic as the previous gen was and this is being reflected in the sales figures of course because if we look at the sales charts it's not doing that well in fact this piece of news is that the new supra failed to meet the reserve price and honestly just think about it is does that come as a surprise sure it's a decent car maybe but is it really worth spending 55000 or so or i i personally don't think so there are far better cars for that price and i i am not really sure because uh the way toyota has priced it from what i've heard it's well priced uh you know in terms of cutting margins on all of those things but when you're looking at uh you know the overall value the performance per dollar and all of those things it really falls short in my opinion so honestly not a surprise that it failed to meet it meet the reserve price the next piece of news is that the i10n was uh sort of introduced and it's a 99 horsepower three port engine car and that's honestly one of the the most interesting things that i've seen all day reason being that hot hatches make a ton of sense and this is because they're so much usable than something like an rs7 for example the rs7 the moment you shift into second you're already breaking the speed limits but with a hot hatch especially one that's what 99 horsepower you could be doing third fourth redlining the car and you'd still be well within the speed limits probably and that's honestly such a great sort of thing because when you're in the city when you're driving in the city you want that feel as if you are you know doing a million miles per hour but you're actually under the speed limit and wow, what better way to drive in the city than that you know it's like the best of both worlds you're getting the thrill of driving on a track you're getting the thrill of going pedal to the metal and ham on the accelerator but you are still not breaking the speed limits you're still well within 
you know the acceptable limits of society and that's honestly a great great thing and that's why i feel hot hatches should increase in india at least we've been seeing a pretty decent uh sort of array of slightly fast hatches i'd say i wouldn't even call them hot uh we saw the tata jdp twins we've been seeing the punto abarth which i don't know what has happened to it we saw the polo gttsi which was a massive success and of course the polo gti which is extremely overpriced if you look at what it offers and honestly if 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 we get a another sub 10 lakh rupee car hold on the dogs are back all right so the dogs have shot up now i can continue uh hot hatch is really great i mean it's it, they've just got so much of usable power they aren't too expensive either if we get a decent hot hot hatch here in india for around 10 lakh rupees or so and that's i believe that's around 15000 dollars there's honestly nothing like it i mean think about it you're getting so much of value for what you're paying for you're getting essentially like a uh, mini cooper s yet not really because you're paying far lesser and when you pay far lesser i mean you can just use it thrash it without really worrying about it that hey you know what if i scratch it what if i do this what if someone bangs into me you want to you you can basically drive more freely so i i personally love hot hatches for this reason and i especially hope that uh, hyundai brings the i10 n here purely for this reason because you know a 99 horsepower engine it might not sound like much but when you put it in a car that's that small you can really really make a very fun to drive car the only issue here is that hyundai steerings have always been pretty dead so i hope that they get that fixed because that's a major uh, problem area for hyundai i feel so if they get that sorted out and uh, then i mean honestly they've got a very very nice product here especially in these markets you know markets which cannot really afford to get uh, Porsche uh Porsche boxsters and all of those cars for you know to drive on weekends so this is a really nice thing so i i honestly really look forward to it coming to the next segment is is the industry stagnating now i don't mean the car industry we've seen that news a lot that hey is the auto industry stagnating hey why the sales figures so low hey stocks are so high my question is purely related to supercars the thing is we've been seeing around 700 horsepower or so being the norm nowadays think think about most of these top tier supercars whether it's the the F8 Tributo whether it's you know the 488 Pista whether it's a uh, Performante all of those even the 720s all of those are around 700 horsepower and none of them are really exceeding that limit that much honestly the thing is do you even need more than 700 horsepower just think about it i mean sure it'll do faster lap times on the nurburgring and you will you know reach the next red red light 2 and 1/2 seconds quicker than the others 
But do you really need more power than what is currently being provided right now? And I, I personally don't because with so much of power, and we've been seeing a lot of crashes also recently, with so much of power comes a lot of responsibility. And, you know, if I can just steal that quote from Spider-Man, with so much of power, you've, you've just got to keep in mind, uh, remember and, you know, think about so many different things that, hey, hey, what if I just accidentally blip the throttle and boom, I'm, you know, I, I just ram into the car in front of me uh, or, hey, what if I just slam on the brakes and the guy who's driving behind me rear ends me. And there's, there's, there are just so many things that you need to keep, uh, you know, think about constantly. It might honestly become a pain while you're driving such a high-performance car. And, of course, it's it's great when you're driving it on the track. But then, hey, how many people actually drive on the track regularly? So, I personally feel that now is the time where we should shift focus from, uh, you know, extracting as much power as we can to you know tire technology aero or comfort suspension and just the overall rawness that you get or rather you expect from a car like this rather than just flat out power because let's be honest 700 horsepower 800 horsepower they're not slouches by any means even if you uh, you know double the weight that these cars have you'll still be plenty fast for any reasonable person by any stretch of imagination the thing is when you look at the Chiron uh, speed record also the one limiting factor that it had was tires because in fact they weren't able to attempt the same record anti-clockwise I believe yeah anti-clockwise because the tarmac has been set in that way so if they do it anti-clockwise it'll lead to more tire wear so I personally feel that it's time to shift focus almost from, you know, engines and raw power to tire technology, aero and even suspension for that matter. If you look at the 720S, it's been said that it's about as comfortable as a BMW 5 Series when you're in comfort mode. And it's about as, you know, brutal and raw as any other supercar that you can think of in its sportiest setting. And that sort of duality, that sort of almost polarizing character uh, attribute that it has is what more supercars should be. Because, let's be honest, a lot of people now do not really drive their supercars on the track all the time. Many people want to do everyday things or go on night drives or go on you know just a weekend drive or sunday night drive or something with their supercars and those things aren't really possible when you consider the infrastructural limitations you know the roads might not be that good the other motorists are the other motorists are pretty shit let's be honest also you know when you're encountering uh when you're encountering speed humps and all of those things it's it's again a very tough challenging thing unless you have proper suspension setups you know and if you if you encounter rocky uh, terrain if you encounter some rocks in the middle if you've got a very low profile tire then you'll just end up slicing it so that's also another reason why tire technology needs to be looked at
एरो ऑफकोर्स आई ऑनस्टली डोंट थिंक आई नीड टू एक्सप्लेन द बेनिफिट्स ऑफ एरो दैट मॉच बिकॉज वी सीन हाउ मच डिफरेंस एरो कैन मेक इफ यू लुक एट द फोर एट एट पीस टॉप वन ऑफ द मेजर सॉर्ट ऑफ डिफरेंसेज इन दैट कार इज एरो इफ यू लुक एट दी एस वी जे इट्स गॉट अ लॉट ऑफ एरो इट्स गॉट ए एल ए इफ यू लुक एट it completely change a car's character without really affecting how uh, sort of undrivable it is in regular traffic or in regular scenarios so aero is also i feel another uh, reason or another sort of area where uh, these car manufacturers should really focus and honestly they are focusing on that in that area so one thing is you know there that when 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 a new car launches everyone tends to compare hey what's the how much power does it produce how much torque does it produce what's the 0 to 60 time rather than that you know don't you think it's time we compare these variables and these specs also because at the end of the day these matter too right all right coming to the next topic for the day what's the future of these supercar companies and you know from one supercar topic let's jump into the next supercar topic so you know my my sort of thought process is are they going to go hybrid are they going to go completely electric or you know what what's going to be their business model because porsche also switched to a subscription based model so is that something we should be expecting are they going to be doing more one offs and bespoke cars there's just a lot of things that uh, you know that could happen which are extremely interesting and completely different from what we've seen in the past so you know the first thing i i personally think that supercars might go hybrid and i feel that's the best way to sort of balance every petrol heads dying desire to you know go for a v8 engine or a v10 engine or a v12 engine and honestly hybrid hybrids are the best way to do that because you you're getting the best of both worlds right you're getting that extremely sweet sounding engine that you like and that you know wonderful feeling of doing high rpm runs and you're getting the eco friendly aspect so if you if you're just you know uh going around town then you can always put it into electric mode and then it'll do that if you are going on a drive or if you are going on a race track then you can just enable both modes and then you can just go ham and in that way i feel the 918 and p1 were extremely sort of pivotal because they showed that hey you guys hybrid technology is extremely uh important and useful even in these cars so that that's honestly to me hybrids are one of the biggest sort of uh, uh positives or one of the biggest things that we should embrace in the auto industry especially uh when you consider supercars because again as i said you're getting the best of both worlds the other thing is if not hybrids what about electrics because we we're seeing a lot of electric cars be it remark be it lotus also the tesla roadster all electric and 
quite honestly, I'm not too sure about purely electric cars, mainly because you don't get that same sort of, uh, you know, feeling as you would in a regular ICE car. You can never feel that, oh my god, I'm doing seven and a half r seven and a half thousand RPM, you know, shifting gear and those things are just not possible in EVs. And sure, they are much, much quicker than ICE cars, purely because of the instantaneous torque. But then, think about it. After a moment, after a certain time, driving is more about the experience rather than, you know, just numbers. So, you know, sure, uh, an EV might, might be extremely quick. But does it provide the same amount of driving pleasure as a regular internal combustion engine? And for that reason, I feel at least in the hypercar sort of space, we might see some extremely capable hypercars, but, uh, you know, electric hypercars. But then that sort of magic of an internal combustion engine will never be replaced, in my opinion. Of course, due to environmental regulations, eventually in the long term we might have to shift but hey at least hybrids uh, can really sort of delay that and give you the best of both worlds so ev hypercars i'm personally of the opinion that sure they're great and you know they're 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 a perfect sort of uh, eco-friendly alternative for enthusiasts but then when you talk about actually enjoying the drive and the raw experience of driving I personally feel that EVs, EV hypercars specifically, might lack that element, and bec- and you know for that reason, I'm more a fan of uh, cars like the Lamborghini Cyan or Cyan or however it's pronounced, rather than cars like the Lotus Evia. And they both have their reasons. They both have their merits. But if I had to choose one, it would be a car which which has, you know, an electric mode and an internal combustion engine mode. Another, so another sort of point or another food for thought is, can supercar companies go track only? Now, think about it. Earlier in this episode, we talked about the RS7 and we talked about the B3, both extremely capable cars. And extremely fast cars and very usable cars, very practical cars. That begs the question, doesn't it? In regular circumstances, when you're doing your office runs or when you're doing your grocery runs, when you're, you know, just uh, going around town, do, do you really need a supercar? And honestly, for those reasons, for those purposes, these everyday saloon super fast saloon cars make a ton of sense because you know you are not going to be pushing your supercar to the limit you still get a car that's extremely high performance and very special it looks extremely cool but you don't have to sacrifice and you don't have to give up on any of the practicality of a super that that you would in a supercar so to me uh supercar companies going track only might be an alright decision purely because of you know the programs like the XXX uh, the XX Clienti and all those things which are extremely desirable and extremely special like they capture the essence of supercar ownership 
without really you know the impractical side to it of course they're expensive of course uh, you need to shell out a lot but at the end of the day what you're getting for is an experience which is insane like if you look at uh, if you look at a few videos or if you look at a few articles on uh, ferrari's corsa clienti program it's honestly just unbelievable how special that is and how special the entire community is so those things can can be extremely uh, welcome i would say in this industry because you know these supercars ultimately are meant to be driven fast meant to be driven on the limit on the edge and regular driving just is not gonna cut it sure we might see cars like the mclaren gt which are the best of both worlds so to speak but then cars like the uh, the 488 pista cars like the 720s's special lt version that will uh, come soon i believe cars like those can can you know really serve a bigger purpose if they were purely built for the track and if the if there was a program like the corsa clienti program for those cars because you're getting a lot more uh, value when you drive those cars that fast on those tracks with the company sort of arranging and putting everything together then you would say if you just buy a car you know hey you run you do some grocery runs you do some highway pulls and that's about it so track only might it it, it sounds very odd right you know a, a supercar company going track only but depending on which car goes track only depending on which segment goes track only it might make a lot of sense what also would make a lot of sense is bespoke cars like singer or you know some other coach builders which which make the entire experience of owning these cars a lot more special if you look at a regular lamborghini or a car it's become so common right i mean common in quotes because it's not really common it's not really attainable for a lot of people but it's become so common we've been seeing so many huracan being sold we've been seeing so many uruses being sold as a result i feel these cars have sort of lost that sense of specialness as compared to a car which is completely custom built and completely bespoke those are the cars which really 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 make the entire supercar ownership extremely special and i feel more supercar companies should focus on that like for example ferrari has their uh, i forgot the program's name but essentially you can sort of ask ferrari or request ferrari to build you a special one off and then they would actually do it for a higher price of course but those those kind of programs are really i feel what the essence of supercar ownership is and i feel more supercar companies should push on those uh, lines also that was it for this episode uh, and you know i'll be asking a few questions just like a food for thought of sorts Uh, so do let me know what you think do let me know what you think about everything we discussed do let me th- uh, know about how you found this podcast uh, you know was it good was it bad what needs to be changed and you know i'll definitely look into it coming to the day's questions the first question is what do you think is the future of supercar companies is it going to be track only is it going to be hybrid what 
what sort of business model do you think they'll be using? Another question that I have for you is that is supercar performance stagnating? You know, is 700, 800 horsepower sort of the limit? Or are we going to say, or is it feasible? Does it even make sense to go higher than that? I'd love to know from you. That was it for this one. I hope, I really hope to catch you in the next. Thanks.